This is episode one of the Muscles and Management podcast. I'm your host, Jared Filippo, owner and head trainer of Challenger Strength. Uh, before we get started today, I wanted to just kind of give a brief introduction on the you know premises and goals of the podcast itself, and a little bit of a background, my background, and you know how that relates to the the premise of you know business and training with this podcast. So to get started, me personally speaking. Uh, this I'm now in my third year of owning and heading uh, my own sports performance as training business. I spent a couple years playing college baseball, um, and I have a business degree from Rutgers University. My last semester of school, I began to you know begin certification processes and you know really immersing myself in the strength training world, learning as much as I possibly could with the intention of starting my own business slash gym so as you can tell right off the bat there are the two topics training and business Um, you know my everyday day-to-day life of running this business and also training a a large amount of athletes I kind of have to wear I guess you could say two capes at the same time as corny as that sounds Um, you know the day-to-day operations of the business stuff and how that kind of affects uh, what I'm able to do with the training and you know given that those two aspects are very important to me and my livelihood I've wanted to talk about both of those throughout this podcast so basically anything can you know topics can range from training itself programming um, Q&A's how to's with all different types of topics with whether it's sports training general fitness and business related topics as well Um, you know going from my experience as a business owner to hopefully some great guests uh, going forward and, you know, picking their brain on, you know, what makes them successful, the, you know, do's and don'ts of business and and things like that. So that will be the main focus of the podcast. And um, my reason for it is just, you know, these are things that are very important to me and I'm passionate about and and I think I can uh, hopefully help a lot of people who are either stuck and, and afraid maybe to start their own business, um, you know, whether it's training, business in general, uh, and hopefully my experience and the results I've gotten with, you know, a good amount of athletes can, can help others as well uh, in terms of training knowledge and things of that nature. So today's topic, uh, episode one, conjugate programming. Um, conjugate programming, before I get into, you know, a breakdown of what it is, is something that I've utilized with tremendous success uh, with my own training with all of my athletes and it's not I feel like it's becoming more mainstream and more utilized now um, from what I've seen in in my peers in the industry but definitely something that you know I've utilized with with great results and and I want to talk about you know how we're going to use it what it is and all that stuff so conjugate programming Let's look at you know a definition, basic definition, um, to kind of explain what it is basically. So, conjugate programming looks at you know trying to train multiple abilities uh, in the same programming cycle. So, comparatively, you look at linear programming, linear periodization, talking you know specific blocks that work on you know one attribute at a time. So, a power block, a strength block. You know you perform four to six weeks of a program that directly focuses on building one particular attribute 
and you know strength training wise this is a very popular way you know going through the years of, of training 50 to 100 years ago of um, how programs were built and while there's nothing wrong with it particularly there in my opinion conjugate programming is a little more efficient and has more benefits in terms of working multiple abilities at the same time not quote-unquote losing one ability while you work on another so th that actually just answers the question of why I use it and why I believe others should so the first and foremost is standard program structure when talking about conjugate programming right so conjugate programming was made popular uh, by Louis Simmons West Side Barbell and I became turned on to it uh, via Joe DeFranco um, Joe has inspired a lot of my uh, training and how I model what I do and, and you know I've gotten a lot of my core philosophies off of things that he's done and he's a guy that was you know obviously a legend in the industry but very you know inspired by Louis Simmons and what they were doing over in Westside Barbell so standard program structure with conjugate programming so you look at a couple different things so first and foremost you have what is known as dynamic effort day so if we look at that from a perspective of like what abilities are being worked on with the dynamic effort day dynamic effort day is basically focusing on things you know such as speed power uh, velocity based training so sprints plyometric training uh, dynamic barbell training which is you know a whole topic for a whole nother uh, podcast on, on how we use that and how that can be effective but basically uh, this dynamic effort day is you know and I'll give you some examples based on my own program we're starting our day with a sprint a jump looking to really increase power output uh, speed based output specifically so it could be just a pure speed exercise such as a jump or a sprint and could move on to a power exercise such as a dynamic barbell squat uh, you know you're putting less of your max percentage on the bar and trying to move the bar as fast as you possibly can to develop power um, this could also include sled training speed sled training so you know not your typical load the sled up with as much weight as you possibly can push it as you know far as you can with as much weight as possible obviously with good form but uh, more so like lighter loads working on acceleration angle of your sprint um, you know, rate of force development, otherwise known as, you know, how fast can you display the force that you're able to, so you have a max force production that you're able to pretty much imp put into a stable surface. And this is saying how quickly can I put that force in and then redisplay it. So it's like, uh, you know, focusing on knee drive and repeated force into the ground uh, to help speed. So that is your day one. So following along here, we have day one dynamic effort. The next day on that cycle would be known as a maximum effort day. So maximum effort day, the antithesis of dynamic effort day, this is a day where we're working straight force production, strength, uh, ability, etc. So how this works, and I'll get into this a little bit, is basically with conjugate style programming, so now as you're seeing already, uh, day one of your training week was dynamic effort focused, uh, speed specifically. Now day two you're working on um, maximum effort with building strength. So with this strength-specific day, you're going to get into um, main movements. Let's just say, for argument's sake, your primary movement for your training is a back squat. Your back squat, you'd be working you know, to start your, your uh, training for the day. 
five reps and under. So however you program that, whether you do you know five reps week one, three reps week two, whatever that may be, this main movement is built to produce uh, as much strength as possible, build strength in the athlete. So you're working upwards of 85 to 95 to your max, uh, your max for the barbell lift itself. So yeah, as you already can see, big dichotomy, big difference between your dynamic effort day on day one, your max effort day on day two. So uh, speed and, and power goal on the dynamic effort and strength goal on the maximum effort day. This brings me to my next point. So there's a couple different ways you can go about conjugate programming, and this is you know directly from my experience. So let's just say for argument's sake, you had a two-day training week, and this you always design your programs based on you know how many days you have, um, how many days you may have an athlete, uh, things like that, right? So let's just say for a two-day training week, you you only had two days, so you were to go uh, dynamic effort day one, maximum effort day two. The beautiful thing about conjugate programming is the flexibility provides. So you have an athlete and you're saying, great, you know, we're working on strength, we're working on speed and power, but they need to pack on some lean muscle mass. I only have two days, how do I do it? The great thing is you can, you know, program, when I say primary movement, I'm talking the main movements of your lift. So if a bench press and a back squat are your two main movements, you build your program around those movements, right? So you're saying, great, Jerry, I'm working on my, you know, my speed and my power, but I want to get stronger. Uh, in addition to that, I want to get some, some lean mass, right? So the great thing about it is, and the thing that we've had a lot of success with, and uh, Louis Simmons, Joe DeFranco, things that they've had success with, lies in thinking of separating your primary movement, so your back squat, your bench press, into you know, dynamic and max effort repetition schemes to build power, speed, or strength, but now with the accessories, so let's just pick the back squat again. So you come in on a max effort day and on the menu for that day is a five rep set, 85% uh, of your max, right? So you perform that and you're done. Now the great thing is if this is an athlete that really needs to pack on some muscle and size as well, whether it's a football player, a hockey player, even a baseball guy, um, they can now load up high reps, uh, slower movements, etc. after that strength exercise and not only can they build the muscle and the you know the mass they're looking for, but doing so actually supports that primary movement, which brings me to the why what they're called accessory movements. Um, the West Side philosophy believes in the fact that you use these accessories and you build these smaller muscles, uh, these isolated movements with hypertrophy, otherwise known as you know building mass, uh, high rep, low weight type training, uh, lower weight type training. Um, to build up the muscles that come together to build a primary movement that is strength and speed focused. So now in only two training days, you've knocked out uh, your speed work, your strength work, and you're also putting size on as well. And that could be a way of doing it. Now you go into a three-day training week. So a three-day training week, you might say, okay, I have a third day with an athlete. Uh, I'm a trainer. I'm programming for an athlete or I'm programming for myself. I have a third day now in my training week. So you could even go one step further. You could say, okay, I want to do strictly speed and power work on day one. So I'm doing my sprints. I'm doing my jumps. I'm working on um, my barbell speed work. Everything I do is directed at getting faster and more powerful. Day two, my max effort day. So for day two on my max effort day, 
um, I'm going to strictly focus on strength. So I'm doing a, a five rep set of a back squat. I'm doing a five rep each set of a split squat right after that. I'm loading up a heavy sled and I'm pushing it. I'm doing some heavy farmer's walks, etc. You get the picture. Now I have that third day. So if I decide that I need to really focus on and you know it's important for me to build some lean mass, I'm, uh, I'm underweight, so now that we have an understanding of the uh, two versus three day training week uh, and how we can implement hypertrophy to build muscle mass uh, on that third day, uh, another big area you need to look at when considering conjugate programming are basically, you know, to, to simplify it as much as possible, your two different types of athletes. Um, your new athlete with a low training age and your advanced athlete with a higher training age. So. An analogy that I like to use for the two different types of athletes, the newer, you know, younger, uh, lower training age athlete versus the more advanced, is to think of your car uh, stereo um, and the bass and treble. So if you think of your basic car stereo, you can, you know, up the bass, um, lower the treble, you know, less of the music side of things, more of like that uh, vibration, um, you know, that kind of thing. Not to get too far into that, it's kind of relevant, but essentially looking at programming as a sliding scale so what I'm getting at is with your you know your younger athlete your athlete with a lower training age um, you know you're gonna have to implement different things into your conjugate style programming than you would with your more advanced athlete and what I'm trying to explain here is that you need to basically yes we're looking at you know trying to use this programming because we can train a different attribute different attributes all together at the same time but alter that based on who you have so if you have that you know new athlete who strictly needs to get stronger and build size you're obviously not going to give a 12 year old you know advanced uh jump training and advanced you know bar velocity work you know you're going to use conjugate programming, but the conjugate programming might be, you know, more towards the linear side of things. Um, in the beginning, you might be just doing strictly strength work or strictly uh, hypertrophy work for the young athlete versus your athlete with a higher training age. He's been training for 10 years and he has a very big base of strength. Like he, he's very strong, you know, he's got a squat or a deadlift, you know, two to three times his body weight and you feel that you've maxed out the improvements you're going to see in his overall power output. Uh, with those, with the strength work. So he might get uh, two dynamic effort days. He might do, you know, an upper-lower split, and they're all dynamic with a minimal amount of maintenance work for strength or hypertrophy mixed in. So always look at things as, you know, altering the conjugate style program and, and what side it leans more towards based on the athlete that you're dealing with. So, you know, a popular quote that I love, and I actually just tweeted this out today, is, you know, one size fits no one. No one. So, yes, I'm speaking, you know, conjugate programming and trying to knock out all of these uh, different areas simultaneously, but some athletes don't need to knock out all the areas. Some athletes need only one or two areas because they're beginners, and then, you know, they slide further and further up the scale, and they include more attributes, and you're working all of those together, and then they become more advanced, and again, it goes back down to less attributes, but what those are, you know, can be different. So one or two attributes for the new guy could be max strength and, and size, and then he's working all of them together in his, you know, first or second year of training after that, and then he gets more advanced, and now he's only working one or two, but it's uh, more speed-based. 
so you get the idea there. So always kind of base the program off the athlete uh, itself. Then, lastly, speaking to the uh, flexibility again of conjugate programming, uh, one thing that I love about conjugate programming, you know, for people that deal with athletes and, and in-season training, obviously, uh, you have to weather the uh, unpredictability of the season itself and the amount of games and the, the injuries and the you know tightness of the schedule fitting in you know the same amount of training sessions that you would you know do in the off season is not it's almost impossible. Uh, even two times a week with a lot of my athletes is, is a stretch. Uh, getting them here, rescheduling with games, practices, some of them play you know high school club. It, it's very tough. So the the beauty of conjugate, you know, it makes that unpredictability so much easier to deal with because you know I'll just give you an example like. A guy, a guy's coming to me twice a week in the in season, and you know, day one is the dynamic portion of it, and day two, uh, day two is the maximum effort portion of it, and we're mixing you know accessories in throughout to, to build some muscle, you know, kind of giving him a, a full in season menu uh, of training that involves all the the possible attributes to make sure that they're all maintained. And he says to me, "Okay, I can't make two sessions uh, this week. I can only do one." So the normal trainer might say, "Might panic and say, you know." Oh, he's going to miss you know a big week here. We're, we're working on power this week, and he's going to miss the whole power week. It's going to throw my whole program off. But the beauty of the conjugate is you can kind of spin those two days into one, and you can blend his two-day program into one uh, you know full-body day for that week. And you know, in addition to his sprints and his jumps, he'll throw his you know you, you sacrifice some things so he might not get his speed uh, barbell work done, but he's getting his speed work in with his sprints and his jumps and his, his high-velocity work, and then. Uh, you're mixing in his max effort squad, and after he does all of that, you're you're giving him some some high rep accessories to, to finish it off. And you look at that session, and now you got your speed work in. You you know you maintained your strength with your barbell work, and you know you hit some you know high rep back and you know posterior chain work, and boom, you just nailed your entire full body template uh, with all the attributes getting covered. So conjugate itself is is really great to you know kind of help with. Uh, keep the consistency in an in-season program and, and that is one of the biggest things that that I like uh, about it in-season is is a bulk of you know the training that you do like off-season I'll give you an example I work with a lot of hockey players uh, the off-season itself is, is four months let's just say a solid off-season training you're looking at another eight months that you have to you know navigate through this tough you know schedule of games and practices and it can be very hard to do if you're if you're going with a linear training model and you know, you can get very stressed out of trying to micromanage and make sure everything is done versus, you know, this conjugate model can really help you um, hit multiple needs uh, given with a tight schedule. So that was something that, you know, I learned early on is a huge benefit of the conjugate programming. Uh, one thing I wanted to, you know, put out there as well, if, if you've listened to this and I hope it's, you know, kind of opened your eyes and, and explained some of the benefits of the, uh, the conjugate programming itself, but I put a article out recently the only off-season blog uh, run by Simone, Alex Simone uh, and Jason Kanzler, uh, you know, two very popular guys in the baseball training industry. And th this article, Soup to Nuts, breaks down uh, conjugate programming, how I do it. Uh, and if you're looking for, a, you know, a written transcript, so to speak, of what I've just discussed, uh, it's there. Uh, I will plug it, put it up with the, the podcast when I post it. Um, but that's a great article that I, I wrote uh, pretty recently. So... I would say take a look at that if, if there's anything on here that you'd like more information on that, that could help you kind of navigate through 
uh, all the different. I gives examples of programming and all that kind of stuff. So I'll, I'll put that up there. That's definitely one you might want to check out. Uh, looking forward to next week. Next week's show, uh, we're going to be going over uh, the fundamental slash foundational moving patterns. You know, what are they? How do we build them? Why are they important? So just a little sneak peek. You're looking at your uh, basic push pull. Uh, hinge, squat, uh, and lunge, and I often throw core in there too because developing a strong anti-rotational core is, is imperative for, you know, new athletes and all athletes, but, you know, that base before you get on to anything fancy. So I want to talk about, you know, why they're important, how we build them, and how you can build a program through those main movements. So uh, thank you for, for listening in today, uh, episode one. I'm excited to continue going with this and uh, get some great guests on here for you guys and hopefully answer some of your, uh, your training and business questions as we go along. So thank you.